Well, welcome back to another snackable episode of the Marketing Your Practice podcast. So thanks firstly to all of you who reached out to me via text and email and via the socials telling me that you enjoyed these new and shorter episodes. And also thanks to all of you who went on over and reviewed and gave a star rating to the podcast. Now, as I mentioned to you last week, the reviews really help because it's one of the things that the guests often look at before deciding to come on over to the show. So if you haven't already, if you could take just a short moment to head on over, leave a star rating and give us a review. That'll help us reach out to more people and get a better quality of guest, perhaps onto the show as well. Now in today's episode, I wanna chat with you a little bit about the six practice multipliers, and I wanna share a recent experience that I had with a new practitioner. Now, the six practice multipliers are a framework that originally Dr. Tony and I put together really as a blueprint to create a profitable, predictable, and enjoyable practice. Now, I want to talk with you briefly today about practice multiplier number one. Now, if you want to dive deeper into the practice multipliers, then episode 18 is where you need to go because Tony and I talk at length about all six of them. Now, practice multiplier number one is this, be great at what you do. Now, unfortunately, this is something that we often don't want to think about when we're talking about marketing. We are more excited about bringing new business into our practice, and I'm as guilty as anyone. Like, I love bringing new business into Adio Media and to our chiropractic practices as well. But if we're not great at what we do, then we don't really have anything to market. It's like pouring water into a bucket that's got holes in it. Now, being great at what you do, there are two sides of this, okay? There's the technical side of it. So as a chiropractor, how are my skills? Like, how good am I at helping to get my patients a result? Same if you're a naturopath or any kind of practitioner. Like, how good are you at helping to get your patients a result? Now, the second side of being great at what you do is just as important, and it's really the interhuman side of things. It's all about communication. Now, too often I see really gifted chiropractors, but they lack uh, the human skills. They're not great at building rapport. They're not great at sharing a message. They're not great at connecting with people. And if we lack that skill, then unfortunately our patients aren't going to stick around for us to help them get their wonderful results. So we're going to be talking a little bit about this now. Now, I'll relate this. See, Last week, I had a visit to a Chinese med practitioner. I got a great referral. Um, I was really excited to go along to... um, I've not done a lot with Chinese med. I've had some experiences about 20 years ago, but looking at some other avenues to kind of further help with my health as well. And I love going along to new practitioners for multiple reasons. Uh, One, I was excited to see what other avenues I could do to improve my health. But also, I've got this voyeurism type sort of thing there too, where I like to see how they run their practice, you know, given that I coach lots of practitioners as well. So I went into this practice here in Melbourne, beautiful practice, uh, lovely front desk staff, nice greeting, um, great paperwork to fill out as a new patient um, as well. It was a simple one page, asked just the questions that uh, I needed to be asked or or what I thought I needed to be asked. This is the thing too that I've changed in my practice over the last uh, few years. My initial paperwork used to be like six pages. And... If it needed to be six pages, uh, the question I'd ask you here, are you asking questions that are important? And I had a whole bunch of questions on there that I used to ask that weren't really important as well. So I was able to cut it down. I think mine is now three pages and I I need to have another look at it again and see if I can kind of decrease it any further. But I filled out the paperwork and then came the opportunity for me to actually meet my practitioner. And the first thing I noticed is that she was really flustered and she was flustered because she thought she was running late. Now she was running two minutes late, wasn't a big deal at all. So we went on into the consultation room, she sat down at her computer and immediately started looking at her computer and began asking me questions. 
Now, here's where things spiraled a little down because the first three questions that she asked me were questions that I'd already answered on my paperwork. Now, this is an absolute pet peeve of mine as well. If a patient is going to go to the effort of fill out your paperwork and then she's not even going to look at it, uh, then that's it's almost disrespectful. In fact, it's not almost. It was disrespectful, and that's what it really felt like to me. She wanted to know, uh, was I taking any supplements? I'd already answered that question in great detail, what I was taking. She wanted to know why I was coming in to see her today. Again, I'd already answered that question. And then she wanted to know what uh, I did for a job, and I'd answered that question there as, as well. So it wasn't a great start. So I'm going to suggest, first of all, this. When a patient goes to the effort to fill out some paperwork, please read it. And really have a good understanding when I begin my initial consultation, after I've built some rapport with a person and had some small chit chat, then I actually summarize what they've written down on their paper. So it might be something like this. Hey, Cynthia, I see that you've been having some low back problems over the last three years. Two car accidents in that period. When it's at its worst, it's like an eight out of 10 that you get some relief with a little bit of Voltaren as well. You've tried some physiotherapy, but not got a lot of results from that as well. Can you please tell me a little bit more? So I summarize it. And also on the paperwork, I have a highlighter. So I highlight bits and pieces. So in this imaginary case here with Cynthia, she can really see that I've read the paperwork as well. So it was really clear at this stage that my practitioner hadn't read the paperwork. But the other thing that she didn't do as well is she stared at the computer the whole time as she was asking me questions. Now, not once. This is what was incredible. In about 15 minutes of her taking a really thorough history, and it was a great history, not once did she stare away from the computer and actually look at me. And I noticed just how little rapport that this had between the two of us. And it's one of the concerns I can see with us moving towards a paperless system. In fact, we're uh, in the processes of doing this with my Port Melbourne practice at the moment, moving towards all computer-based. But when you're taking a history, I know it's important, obviously, that we remember things so we can write this down. But in between each of your questions, all that she needed to do was stop, turn towards me, make eye contact ask the question, and then she could have gone back to a computer and typed in again. But her failing to do that, she failed to kind of get any feedback on my body language. She failed to build any rapport with me as well, and it was a further disconnect that happened from there. Now, once we got through that initial consultation and then we went into the examination, her examination was great, and she's a wonderful practitioner, um, and my results from my first uh, session with her were fabulous. But I found it really interesting that when we miss these key things, there were opportunities there in that initial stage for her to be great with her communication that she missed out on. So technically, from my first experience anyway, it would appear that this practitioner was great. But when it comes to that interhuman connection, when it comes to that building rapport and that communication, often lots of the nonverbal sides of communication, then I think that she was anything but great. So here's some takeaways from this snackable episode. First, ask yourself this question. Are you great at what you do? Not just technically, but also how are your communication skills? You know, would you be happy coming along to see you? When was the last time you did some continuing education? You know, are you doing ongoing role playing with your staff where you're practicing things like the initial consultation? Second, what's your new patient paperwork like? Is it too long? Does it need to be shortened? Does it need to be lengthened? Third, do you make sure that you read the paperwork before going in with the patients? You know, are you able to give a good summary of everything that's been written down inside of there? And fourth and final, whenever possible, take opportunities to make eye contact with your patients, check in with them, connect and build rapport. Anyway, that's enough for this snackable episode. I want to keep this underneath that 10 minutes. As always, gang, thanks for all that you do. 
you know, each and every day you are saving lives. Our communities need you so desperately to be really great at what you do. Because if you're not great at what you do, we can't be helping people. And as I mentioned before, our communities really need us. So anyway, over and out. See you soon, gang. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out the Community Influencer Program. It's my monthly coaching program where we take all this material and I'll work one-on-one with you to apply, implement, systematize, and help guide you and your practice to the next level. Now, you can join me on over at adiomedia.com forward slash join. That's adiomedia.com forward slash join. I'd love to see you in there.